Everyone, or just about everyone, knows the story of how the first Christmas came to be. Even militant secularists, atheists, and pagans know the story, even if they don't, can't, or won't believe in it. We all assume that the origin of the Christmas story begins in Hopkins' words when infinity dwindled down to infancy, poetic shorthand for the birth of Christ in a stable in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. It's an impression reinforced in Christmas carols like Once in David's Royal City or Little Town of Bethlehem, Away in a Manger, dozens more. The scene is pictured on Christmas cards in the crescent in icons. So it might come as a surprise to discover that the real origin of Christmas begins not 2,000 years ago, but before recorded history. For the simple reason there was no, no one around to record it so long ago that it took a special branch of science, astrophysics, to understand when it all really began. That is because the origin of Christmas stretches back 4.6 billion years ago to the birth of our solar system from a cloud of cold hydrogen and dust several light years across. At some point, that cloud collapsed under its own gravity and a star was born, ours. I'll spare you the rest of the details because my interest is theology, not astronomy. It may sound like an odd way to talk about Christmas, probably because you never thought of it before, but someone did. His name was Irenaeus of Lyon. He wrote about it in his massive five-volume work called Against Heresies in the second century. Irenaeus says that the divine Logos, the second person of the Holy Trinity, by his very nature is a savior. But what's the use of being a savior if there's nothing to save? It would be like having a lifeguard in the desert, a lot of sand, no beach, no water, and no swimmers. Similarly, if there's no universe, there's nothing for a savior to save. So the incarnation of Christ was already in the mind of the Holy Trinity even before the opening words of Genesis 1. For inasmuch as he had a pre-existence as a saving being, wrote Irenaeus in Book 3, it was necessary that what might be saved should also be called into existence in order that the being who saves should not exist in vain. Christ's birth in Bethlehem is the high point of human history, but that first Christmas came as the conclusion of a very long arc of time extending not merely to the creation of our own solar system, but back to the beginning of the universe itself nearly 14 billion years ago. I don't think there's anybody here who can remember that. In all that time, God patiently arranged for things in such a way in the fullness of time, Christ would be born in Bethlehem of Judea of the Virgin Mary. And because God is love, he gives himself completely to everything he makes. This means that once God created the cosmos, he was not indifferent to the world and its plight. Rather, the Holy Trinity acted throughout that vast expanse of time, guiding creation to its ultimate goal, the enfleshment of the Word. And when the divine Logos entered creation, it was like someone returning home after a long journey with a sense of happy familiarity. 
This is what we sing in the creed, who for us and our salvation came down from heaven. So salvation is not an intellectual idea, nor is it salvation out of the world or from the body. The salvation that Christmas celebrates is rooted in the way our entire world is ordered. That means the incarnation gives value to our own bodily existence. It also means that what we do in this life, in our present world, matters enormously for the way we hope to live in a future life when God will act in a definitive way to renew his creation when the souls of the dead will be restored back to their bodies. We're not here tonight because Christmas is a story about something happened a long, long time ago in a faraway galaxy. The liturgy of Christmas tells us how God chooses to be with us here and now as one of us in the most human of ways possible, as a baby God in Bethlehem and as the crucified and risen Lord present in the Eucharist. The question is, and certainly many ask it, can this really be true? The English poet John Betjeman wrestled with this question in his poem, Christmas. He wrote, And is it true? For if it is no love that in a family dwells, no caroling in frosty air, nor all the steeple-shaking bells can with this single truth compare that God was man in Palestine and lives today in bread and wine. <laughs> 